Welcome to Nine Bob Note with Paul Isles Rush and Ken Moss. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Nine Bob Note with me, Paul. And me, Ken. Hello. Hello there. Ken, you are in the driver's seat this fine day, so over to you. Room 101. Yes, it's time for us to cast headfirst into the bin. Even deeper than Twitter Twatter, the stuff that we just absolutely cannot stand. Things that drive us absolutely wild and think the world would be a better place without. So we get three goes each at this. And they're going to kick us off. Old people in supermarkets at weekends. <laughs> I had a feeling this was going to go off. Now, Dawn is going to be rolling her eyes at this point, but <laughs> I detest everybody that goes to supermarkets at weekends that have had all week to go. Mm. All you people that are retired, that don't work, that are in any way capable of going between 8 and 10, Monday to Friday, when all of us are at work, and you don't. Uh, you instead, because that is the day that you've always gone shopping, and I'm never moving, not no way, no never, and you clog up the aisles like geriatric cholesterol looking for cat food, and <laughs> somehow managing to take up an entire aisle all on your own for a day out, and then having a chat with the cashier. It's not a day out for us. You've got all week. I fucking hate it. It's thoughtlessness of the highest order. And I've told my mum and dad they are not to do it. Yes, I have to heartily agree. I always remember going shopping with my mum when we were younger and she would have exactly the same thing. And I would just be like, oh, come on, mum. <laughs> it's, it's not that bad. But now <laughs> it absolutely is, especially because as you say, we don't choose to go shopping at 10 o'clock on a Saturday morning. No. That's the only time in the week when we can. And we want to get in and out there of there as quickly as possible. And yes, we have to manoeuvre around. So yeah, I'm, I'm happy to wallop all of them <laughs> into the bin. <laughs> what is your first choice? Entitled brats. Oh dear God. <laughs> Kids who have got it into their heads that the world owes them a favour. Uh, you can't say anything to them. You can't, I mean, you can't do anything to them. <laughs> Although as uh, official middle-aged people, our standard response is someone needs to give them a crack. <laughs> Apparently we're not allowed to do that. And woke nonsense. <laughs> yeah, just... I am all for young people and kids sort of, you know, finding their own way and doing well. And yes, very much I will support that. But it's, they just have this, ex and it's not all of them by any means. It's a very, very small proportion of young people who have this attitude that everything should be handed to them on a plate. I, I just don't like them. I, I do blame America for a lot of this because I share a house for a lot of the time with at least one teenage girl. 
And as much as I love her very much, she is wired in constantly to American shit. <laughs> they just sit there with their phones plugged in and mm. it's just piped into their head endlessly. Yes. And that's how they think the world is, that everybody lives in penthouses and drive SUVs and seemingly have endless, unexhaustible supplies of money. <laughs> and they can't quite seem to understand that the real world isn't like that. I've, I've had it with younger members of my own family. They think that I'm not getting out of bed for less than 30 grand a year. Well, wakey, wakey, children. <laughs> yes, you are. And I am entirely with you on this. It's the entitlement, I think. Yeah. And as time wears on, my view of the world is you don't have enough to worry about. Let's be honest. You and I, we're, we're not that old. We want to hit the sapphire year. <laughs> But we grew up without internet and we, so, and we, I mean, neither of us are from proper poor backgrounds, but neither of us were overly well off. No. We had to watch the pennies. And I just remember my childhood in the eighties being a river of mince and <laughs> mashed potato in different form. Oh, the rivers of mince speech. <laughs> but there was something to strive for. Life was not easy. Now food is cheaper, more varied, easier to come by. For all the things, you know, like electricity and gas at the minute are ludicrously expensive and diesel. I'll, I'll admit that. But nobody's proper poor anymore, or there's no need to be proper poor anymore. The system is in place to at least allow you to eat properly. I, I just think that people need to learn more how to, you know, cook rather <laughs> than, you know, expect. I don't know. It's just the world in general just seems to have developed this entitled view that it owes me more. Why am I not getting more? Why am I not entitled to more? Mm. When you have to go and work for it. Yeah. Yeah. So they can all piss off. Get in the skip. <laughs> well, my second uh, uh, lack of tolerance is <laughs> bad drivers. <laughs> Uh, I've spent the past 20 years uh, on a daily trip up and down the motorway, and I hate people more than you can possibly imagine. It's an old adage that society can only move as fast as its slowest member. <laughs> and that is doubly true on the motorway, because <laughs> you will always get some twazzock who either the outside lane is for them and them alone. Mm. Audi drivers, I'm looking at you. Yes. They're a really beautiful car, but they're always driven by wazzocks. Yep. Or someone that is insistent that 68 miles an hour is a perfectly good speed to do and they're going to do it in the outside lane. <laughs> or two lorries will decide that oh, I'm going to overtake you. I'm limited to 56 and so are you. I'll start overtaking in Devon and complete the manoeuvre in Edinburgh. <laughs> yeah. It's just thoughtlessness. And everybody always goes on about dickheads on the road. You know what the dickheads are going to do. They're just, they'll weave in and out and drive in a reckless, but they know where they're going. They're the ones I least worry about. It's the dithering old <laughs> bastards and the, the unsure learner drivers that have somehow found themselves free on the roads without properly learning how to do mm. it. Or the one thing I don't like, women in burkas. I don't care what you say, it affects your peripheral vision and they never look left and right. And anybody wearing a hat of any kind, if it's the old lady with the cake on the head or a young <laughs> lad with a cap on, they're going to be problems. So I just hate everybody. I hate everybody indiscriminately. I am, You're the only good driver on the road. Well, I'm not the only good driver on the road. I just There are plenty of good drivers, but I always get saddled behind the bad ones. <laughs> There's always driving in other areas when I'm on the road, yeah. <laughs> 
it's no, it is the ditherers that cause all the accidents. And when there is an accident, you'll get idiots who've never seen a dented car before slowing down to five miles an hour on the motorway to have a look <laughs> and causing a 20-mile tailback, even though the road is clear. Oh, I hate you all. I hate you all. The roads could be so much clearer if people just drove properly. Absolutely. So, drivers who get in your way in the bin. (laughs) Carry on. Well, my my next one is similar similar to that, um, and it does sort of stem from the fact that as you do get not older, but as you get more experience of the world, you do realize that a lot of our fellow humans are detestable. (laughs) (laughs) I would like to put people who travel using public transport into the bin. All of them, you sit in the aisle seat and then put your bag on the thing, even though there's no spaces. You stand right next to the door, even though there's a hundred people waiting to get on, and you refuse to move down because you're getting off in thirty-five miles and you might miss <laughs> you might miss your platform. People stand on the right and walk on the left on the on the escalators and they stand on the left so nobody can get past when you're in a rush and just everything, whether it's uh, trains, buses, planes. Anything, it brings out the absolute worst of humanity. One of the worst things is when you're going on holiday somewhere on a plane and you're really excited and you've got all of this, you know, buzz going on and everything. And as soon as you get to the airport, you will meet a hundred people who you absolutely hate, who are determined to ruin your holiday. <laughs> One sort of offshoot of that is the people who at the airport security queues which are often about half an hour long. Mm. And you're queuing up and they say, please make sure you've taken your coat off, make sure you've not got a belt on. If you've got anything in your pockets, take it out. No liquids and make sure any electrical items, laptops, anything that's got a battery are taken out and put separately so that we can see them before you put them through. The person who is in front of me in the queue always gets there. And does it all then? (laughs) Yeah. And last year we went on and this guy had brought a picnic or his mother-in-law had packed a picnic that was entirely liquid. It's a flask of tea, three different kinds of soup, all in different containers. And the guy was like, these are all liquid. You can't take these on. And he was arguing. And then he tried to go through and the alarm went off because he was wearing a belt that he'd been asked three times. He was wearing, And he just, people, get rid Oh, the body count would be staggering (laughs) if I was allowed the purge. (laughs) My third and final choice is a hobby horse I've already climbed on once. It's religion. (laughs) Oh, yes. I am certainly not the first person to say it, but I think the world would be a much better place without that crap. Amen. (sighs) I mean, we all celebrate Christmas, and I'm sure we will mark Easter. I'm sure, again, someone out there will say, well, you're a bit of a hypocrite, aren't you? (laughs) Yes, I am. And uh, I'll take all the best bits and and scrape off all the shit. But I just do not like the way that certain religious groups just take it as the absolute way to live your life and everybody else must conform to this. And if you don't, then you're in the wrong. 
And at the minute, oh, Christianity, you've had, we've had the monopoly on being shits to the entire world for 2,000 years. Mm. And now Islam's taken up the baton and they're deciding that they're going to be shits to the entire world for, please don't let it be 2,000 years. Grow up. This imaginary friend that you, you're living your entire life around. Oh, fucking hell. It's just dragging the world back. I just don't know why this proliferation of people dancing around to a man in a cloud five times a day. What's the matter with you all? <laughs> it, I think there's absolutely nothing wrong. And to have faith in something, and a lot of people find it a great deal of comfort in it, absolutely fine. But they don't keep it to themselves. <laughs> no. And also the rules that you are following aren't rules that were given to you by God. They were written by presumably a man and at some point in the last 2,000 years who just decided these are going to be the rules. And you then are, first of all, interpreting them. In the, they've probably been translated about 100 times and you're interpreting them now into how you think they should be read so that that's how you think you and everybody else in the world should live their lives. And that, to me, is not what faith or religion should be about. And so because of those nutters, uh, yeah, I definitely conquer. <laughs> well, I I know quite a few people uh, who've got faith. Brilliant. But they don't push it. It's just there. Yeah. And I've actually bizarrely spent quite a, a bit of time in churches over the past 12 months. <laughs> but I have actually enjoyed looking at the buildings and the history of the things. I have no belief whatsoever I've enjoyed, I've been to carol concerts and things and Love they were just, concert. they were lovely. I went to York Minster just, mm. just to listen to the singing. I didn't believe a single word of what was being preached <laughs> at me, but it, how can you walk into York Minster and not just be awed mm. by this magnificent building for whatever it was put there for? But it's this ridiculous, well, why don't you believe in our God? Well, I think they've they've documented about 2800 gods around the world over history. <laughs> right. So I don't believe in any of them. You only believe in one of them. So you're almost as bad as I am, but I did <laughs> I I didn't invent your gods. So why why should I believe in something that you have invented? And I'm the not Oh, it's just it's just the the fact that the world is being slowed completely to a halt by religion. Mm. Um, take out of it all the people that are trying to bomb everybody to hell. If you, oh, my religion is peaceful, and I'm going to kill you all to prove how peaceful it is. And then <laughs> you must eat meat that's been killed in a certain way, and you must pray to the south on a Tuesday or something. Otherwise, you'll burn in a cloud in a pit of tar. I, it's just who makes this shit up? <laughs> anyway, that's I think it's holding society back. Yes. So in it goes. In it goes. Well, my third and final one is uh, possibly less deep than uh, <laughs> the entire... Well, I'll just sit and seethe in my corner with my three choices. <laughs> I am going to put, probably quite surprising as I am one, dog owners. <laughs> I thought you were going to say gays. <laughs> yeah, can't stand them, get rid of them all. Hate the gays. Hate them. <laughs> Dog owner. Dog, not all dog owners, obviously, um, but... Consigning yourself to the bit. <laughs> yeah, I'll see you later. Just gay dog owners. Oh, no, wait. <laughs> no. Are there gay dogs? <laughs> there are. As I've witnessed gay dogs, so they do exist, yes. <laughs> That's a whole other episode. I, I know, so there's no... <laughs> dog oh. owners who take their dogs out for a walk and let them poo everywhere and don't pick the poo up. 
It's not 1982. We shouldn't be walking around our neighbourhoods and standing in dog poo. (laughs) Also, dog owners who take their dogs out for a walk and let them off the lead, even though they have to be kept on a lead almost everywhere. Public control areas, yes. And then their dogs come bounding up to you, especially because we have dogs, so we've usually got dogs with us, and our dogs are then, how come I have to be on a lead? And the other, so then they start getting angry. And then the, the owner's like, oh, it's okay, he's friendly, he's friendly. Uh, but that doesn't matter. I don't want your dog <laughs> anywhere near my, my dogs because all you're doing is winding them up. And it's like, just for those reasons, the poo and the uh, friendliness that's not friendly. Well, uh, you know my stance on dogs and you are, <laughs> you are extremely tolerant of it because whenever I come to the house... The dogs are always in their own private conservatory. <laughs> yes. Yeah. In their own wing of house. My beef with dog owners is that they can't seem to understand that not everybody loves dogs. Mm. The vast majority of people seem to adore dogs, and, and that's great. I am not one of those people. I do not want to be... I don't want to have a dog jump up all over my clothes when I'm with clean on. I don't want to sit on a settee that's had dogs all over it. I don't, I just, just don't want to be anywhere that involves being doggy. <laughs> I mean, there is, I've never been attacked by a dog. I think they've got more sense, but the propensity for people to treat their dogs as human beings, mm. they're animals, however loving, however friendly they are. And the vast majority of dogs are, they're a very loyal animal. But we went to a lovely, lovely bar and restaurant in York recently called Impossible. Mm. And I will maintain that it was a lovely place and we got treated wonderfully. The staff were fantastic. Join the Facebook page. Two weeks later, they're serving dog meals. Dogs eating on the chair that I've sat on, eating at the table I've sat at, slavering. What's the matter with you people? (laughs) A tea room, a lovely old Victorian tea room I've been going to for years, started doing dog meals at the tables. Mm. I don't want a dog's arse on my chair. (laughs) No. I mean, we go to the Lake District quite a lot, and obviously loads of people in the Lake District have dogs, and a lot of the pubs in the Lake District allow dogs in, but they shouldn't be allowed on the furniture. On the furniture. I mean, I will (laughs) make it, like I say, I I don't want to go into a a pub or a restaurant where there's dogs about. I just don't care. Mm. I just don't like it, particularly if it's been raining outside. Wet (laughs) wet dogs just permeate. You can't get away from it, so I just don't want it. The Lake District is one of those rare things where... People have dogs, they've gone on walking holidays. You've mm. just got to accept it. That is what the Lake District is. So fair enough, no problem. But yeah, not on the furniture. No. Particularly not if they've just been through a weir. <laughs> been for a swim in the local swamp. Oh, It's an old saying, there is nothing in the world as friendly as a wet dog. <laughs> Very true. <laughs> well, I think we have filled up room 101. <laughs> <laughs> well, room 102 is waiting, the oldest <laughs> yeah. film. They're coming next year. But yes, always always a pleasure. And uh, hopefully you've got some of those things off your chest. Because you're in a lighter mood. I'm going to say it's very cathartic. <laughs> yeah. I don't think we need to do feather bows because we hate everything. <laughs> yes, we hate everything. I think I will um, I'll, I'll do a screening quiz. Ooh. It's Room 101. <laughs> it was a long-running series on BBC. It's been through several iterations. It was uh, started out on the radio, presented by Nick Hancock, mm. uh, and then it transferred to TV with Nick Hancock. <laughs> 
And then Paul Merton took over for quite a long while. And then they completely revamped the format and they did it with Frank Skinner. Mm. So it became more of a panel show. But they're all entertaining. I think there's something quite entertaining about watching people vent about (laughs) things that they can't stand. I don't know why. Uh, Probably because I'm a grumpy old bastard myself. (laughs) I think that's got a lot to do with it. But I have loved Room 101 in all its forms. And it's out there on the tube and internet archive and all those sort of places. Hunt them down. Excellent. And on that note, we will call it a day. So we'll be back soon with more. A slightly more upbeat podcasty goodness. Possibly. Possibly. (laughs) You can never tell. (laughs) Until then, au revoir. Ta-ta. Nine Bob Note featured Paul Isles Rush and Ken Moss. Title music was by Mark Scheiman, and the program was produced by Maverick Productions. For more information, please visit maverickproductionsuk.blogspot.com or find us on social media.